Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I am your host, David Bellarive, and today I'm super excited to be talking to Gil Eyal, who is the CEO and co-founder of influencer analytics platform Hyper, H-Y-P-R. And we're going to talk a little bit more about influencer marketing. Now, I have to apologize because there was a few weird dropouts uh, that happened during the interview, and I only listened to them, or I only heard them, sorry, uh, after our interview was over. I think it was Kim Kardashian or a few influencers trying to get a word in here and there. But uh, Gil has some great advice, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. So, Gil, the reason I wanted to have you on the show, and I really uh, I thank you very much for agreeing to do this, is um, I read um, a Digiday article that had the uh, Influencer Fails for 2018, which was uh, an interview mm-hmm. with yourself, or I'm not sure if Hyper put that out or not, or how that came about. No, they, uh, yeah, they just can't. They asked us what the biggest failures were. <laughs> <laughs> So can we start and maybe you give me an idea of what Hyper is? Because I'd never heard about you before and it, it was really, I'm excited to learn uh, what you do and and uh, and how it works. Sounds good. So we, we're in, in this world, um, this influencer marketing world, but we don't do influencer campaigns. Uh, what we've done is we've looked at influencers as a space that is should be data driven. And what that means is that you should be able to identify and understand which influencers reach out, reach to which audience and how influential they are within that relationship. Um, so what we've seen is that um, when you go uh, um, past the um, kind of really, really famous, really well-known down to smaller levels, you see that there are millions of influencers that are relatively interchangeable um, that mm-hmm. um, can easily reach the same audiences. And as a brand, if you have this information, you're able to make much better decisions and activate influencers in a much more effective way. Uh, so Hyper basically doesn't work with any influencers. We work with, um, we work with um, uh, brands and agencies and marketers in general, and we help them identify from millions of people online who are the ones that are most likely to be successful for them. And then we give them different tools to uh, measure performance and project how successful they'll be. Um, And I I think that's what kind of differentiates Hyper from the rest of the industry. We don't have a roster of influencers. We have a very, very large database. You can work with any of the ones that you see in the database. Uh, You can reach out to them directly. The influencers don't hear from you before. There's an actual campaign. Uh, these micro influencers, these smaller guys that typically you wouldn't be aware of, or it'd be harder to find. Well, and that's what's really fascinating about um, about your service, I guess, is where how do you how do you cultivate all these influencers, or how are you just scraping and finding them all, or is there some sort of magic behind that? No, it's a combination. We look at about a billion social accounts regularly um, to see which ones are at the center of which conversations. We don't really care about interested in um, how uh, impactful they are within a specific context. So, you know, if we're talking about um, parenting, I might not be very influential, even though occasionally I'll post something about it. But if you talk about influencer marketing, I'm probably one of the people who speaks about it most online and has a relatively nice audience around it. So it, it really, um, 
an algorithm that's smart enough to understand that um, influence changes by context and by the people who are watching. So you might be extremely influential towards a specific audience or um, on a specific subject and completely not influential on another subject. And that's where the data is really impactful and understanding who your audience is and what they're actually interested in and what do they view you as a thought leader in. A product for sports fans, yes, we can go to the guys who do the ESPN broadcast and pay them a ton of money. Or if we go online and analyze it, we'll see that there are thousands or tens of thousands of influential people online discussing uh, with their audiences um, the different uh, values of um, um, the, the different uh, products and the different opportunities in the space and sharing it with their audiences. And how does, how does Hyper fit into that? So the, the brands that work with us typically have a subscription to our tools, and we have a variety of tools. One is uh, a tool that does uh, discovery and helps you identify um, which influencers are the ones that are relevant for millions and millions of options um, based on up-to-date information. So, for example, if you're trying to reach influencers that are talking about getting pregnant or have an audience that's talking about pregnancy, it needs to be timely. It can't be stuff that happened six months ago or you've missed your, you know, those people are already pregnant. <laughs> and uh, yeah. then we have tools that help you reach out. We have tools that help you identify which influencers are the ones that are interested or are the most likely to perform well. We have tools that help you understand how much to offer them. And uh, we have tools to do payments, to do performance. But they're all, it's a lot closer to say a HubSpot than to a marketplace or an eBay influencers so you're also helping brands really um maybe not negotiate with it directly with that influencer but give them some idea of what what a contractor what it should be could be yeah i mean we provide data um to you know as much as we can in a very simple fashion so that we can um so that they can make decisions on an educated guess early on and then smart decisions how are people finding influencers um, without a tool like Hyper? Typically, what they would do is they, they would either go to an agency that represents influencers, and that agency would offer them influencers that that often very expensive to do because um, the the um, agencies are enticed to increase the pricing and to get you to pay more so that they can pay the influencers more. And they're really yeah, on the yeah, uh, and probably. Yeah, probably a little more limiting too. And yeah, you have a limited uh, amount of influencers to choose from, and then and it, it's just generally not a great place to be as a um, an influencer marketer. But on the other hand, um, with sorry, and I lost my chain of thought. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, what they do, That's sorry. Right. What they typically do is they'll go on like a social network and they'll do. Um, a search and literally go on it and look for people that seem to be interesting. But the challenge there is one is it's very, very time consuming and it requires you to really dig into um, the influencer marketing, uh, the influencers in the space, try to see which ones could be a good fit. You don't really know much about their audience or their reach or whether it's real or fake, if there's fraud. Um, so, um, that's what typically like people will be doing. They either spend a lot of time on those networks or they'll um, find an agency that can recommend influencers for them. Now, I know a lot of our clients would actually have influencers who would reach out 
to them. Is that something hyper or uh, that hyper can, I guess, help you help a client, help a brand analyze the, the, uh, um, the value of that? So we, we, we don't do a situation where the influencers cannot use our platform. They can't reach out to the brands, but we do help them, the brands identify what they should be paying um, based on seeing what others are paying in that um, similar um, kind of, you know, in a similar structure or similar situation. So what are influencers of the same size or influencers in that space charging and where does this influencer fall within that grid? I guess, uh, yeah, I guess I was, I was kind of asking if you could, if you could reverse look it up. So if somebody came to you, could you go on to hyper and sort of search out that person and see, do you score them in a, in a, in a way or. So not in, not, not the context is always important. We do give a lot of data about each influencer without, uh, we're a third party data generator. So without actually having those influencers opt into a platform, uh, but you can see a lot of information about how likely they're going to succeed within each category. And we have algorithms that will actually predict for you. But um, it's a prediction, right? And so so, so um, yeah. the the category or the the plays a big role in this. And it's not always that easy to predict. So um, we, we tell brands, I mean, the, the reason why you have to activate a variety of influencers and there's like a trial and error stage in this process is because there's only so much you can predict. But once we start posting for you, the system will recognize very quickly how their audience is reacting to it. Oh, okay. So you're also, you're also identifying, but you're monitoring afterwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Monitoring, monitoring performance as it goes in order to help the brands decide which ones they should uh, reactivate, which ones they should let go. Um, and then finding twins for the ones that performed that performed well. I want to talk a little bit about the, um, um, we touched on it at the beginning, that idea of uh, looking for influencers with impact versus looking for influencers with a lot of followers. Yeah. Why, why do you recommend that so strongly? I mean, I think, look, it's basic uh, marketing 101, right? Which is you, you wouldn't buy advertising in a magazine without knowing who reads the magazine and how much they like the magazine and how connected they are to it. Um, so if, you go, if you're going to hire Justin Bieber to sell your book about how to be a great poker player, there might be a few issues on the way. One is, you know, a big chunk of his audience is not interested in learning how to play poker um, and is not interested in poker at all. Uh, probably over 90% of them will not have any interest in it. Um, they might not be the right age. They might be in the wrong country. There might be a lot of things. He has a very diverse audience group as opposed to smaller targeted influencers that are recognized for impact on one specific space. So would it make, if, if all other things were the same, would it make more sense to hire Justin Bieber or to hire a hundred small influencers that talk about poker all day and the only reason why anybody follows them is because of poker um, and will cost you probably a lot less than hiring Justin Bieber. So um, the system knows how to take that and, and build the right structures for you to advertise with as opposed to working with these really, really big influencers that have uh, a, a very diverse audience that's not uniform at all um, and have a weaker relationship with that audience. Somebody who has 20,000 or 30,000 followers typically would have um, a stronger relationship, which we also measure based on what um, as opposed to somebody who's, you know, a lot of people follow him simply because you follow Justin Bieber or Kim Kardashian or any of the other people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the system's really so you, planned around traditional marketing fundamentals, which is how do you identify your target audience? How do you ensure that you have an effective channel to them? How do you ensure that the messaging is messaging that will resonate? And then just measuring performance. What do you see, Gil, that brands are doing when you, like, I don't know if you can observe other uh, influence marketing campaigns, but what do you see that they're, they're not doing right? Or what is the best way to get started even in, in this field, in this area? Yeah, I, I think the, the anybody who's running an influencer marketing campaign needs to either read a marketing book or take marketing 101 at a, you know, any, any place and just understand the concept of, um, um, you know, marketing channels and, and um, audience segmentation. The people love to talk about these vanity metrics like shares and likes, and they like to say that posts have to be authentic. But there's a layer of fundamentals beyond that, that like if you're a basketball player, if you don't know how to do a layup, you could be really tall and it's not going to help. Um, and the fundamentals are that this influencer needs to really find influencers that you can demonstrably show, get an audience to move. They, they influence an audience. Don't include in the info fame in, in, in the world. So I know who your target audience is and then try to find the people that actually resonate and make a difference to that target audience. And, you know, if you're Dunkin' Donuts, it's probably a very broad, really big influencer because a lot of types of people will buy Dunkin' Donuts. But if you're a very specific brand, then don't don't let any of your money go to an audience that's never going to buy your product. Oh, I'm saying if, you, if you're trying to sell a product to females, for some reason, everybody tries to hire these bikini models on Instagram. And it's the most counterintuitive thing in the world because who follows girls in bikinis on Instagram? It's guys. And they're not buying female products, you know, feminine products. So, but we see it. That's the biggest mistake everybody makes, including some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, and it doesn't mean, you know, like, let's say, let's, let's take somebody like uh, Kate Upton. You know, she's a bikini model, swim, sports illustrated swimsuit model, and has an almost entirely male audience. She gets hired to do beauty stuff all the time. And in my mind, she should be promoting stuff that's targeted at men. And when she has, she's done exceptionally well. Yeah, that's interesting. It's 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 almost like you're buying a media channel as opposed to a person, and you, you really yeah. need to do uh, dig deep into who that audience who that audience is. We've been uh, kind of I've received some angry faces for saying this, but we think influencer marketing has to be commoditized. Uh, and what that means is that the influencers are really replaceable. Um, they're just a channel to an audience, and um, if you have the data, then there are thousands of each one of them. Meaning, if one of them our, the way our system works is if you have, you need 10, we'll find you a thousand. And if the first 10, only one of them is interested, then we'll go to the next one and the next one and the next one. But we, you're going to dictate the terms because you have all the power. You have a long list of influencers that you can work with. And if any of them don't want to play by the rules, then okay, we'll, you know, then let's um, find somebody else. What would qualify as an influencer? Like, is there a certain level of audience they need, or is there a certain uh, way that you identify who is an influencer? But in our on our system, it's not really black and white. It's just a ranking. Um, so when you pick when you when you go into hyper, you define a target audience, you define topics where you want the influence, you define keywords and things like that. And the system's algorithm will simply rank all the influencers on the site based on how influential they are when they participate in conversations on the subject. Now, if they don't participate in conversations on the subject, we assume that they're not influential at all. So first, it'll fire in the last few weeks, have participated in at least one conversation on the subject. 
and it'll see how effective their contribution was. Did people respond to it? Did people um, respond positive? Was there someone else in the conversation who was much more impactful? And the system's algorithms will define, regardless of what your follower size necessarily is, because we know that's a really bad metric. Um, a lot of people can buy followers. Followers are inactive on a lot of social networks. Um, what really matters is how many people react positively and follow your advice or respond positively when you talk about something. And that's what the system does. So it's not, there's no real like red line where we say, oh, you have 2,400 followers, you're not an influencer. You have 2,401, okay, you might be. Uh, it's more about what happens in this specific context. Um, and you can easily be a fashion influencer, but not a Middle East politics influencer. That's really the, uh, one of the fascinating things I find about influence and influence marketers is, is trying to figure out how they're going to be effective. Because yeah. so many products, like you're saying, influencers are, are commoditized, but so many products are commodities. So anyone with a large audience could probably have some uh, or, or reach a potential target. But how do you measure whether they're going to be effective? That's really interesting to me. And you try to predict it, and you can use different data points, like how they've done in the past when discussing the subject and what their level of response is with a specific audience type. Um, but the key is, like, mm -hmm. like you know, like digital advertising is to to build machines that measure immediately and immediate and, and activate a lot. So if you activate twenty people. Some of them will be effective, some of them won't. You could either waste all your money equally on, on them or you could spend 90% of the money on the ones that are effective. And our tools will tell you within seconds which ones are going to, or not seconds, within minutes, which ones will do well and which ones won't. So you can transfer your budget to the ones that um, are actually going to work well. And it's all about optimizing all the time. That's interesting. And, and is that something that you recommend to brands that they're not just finding one influencer, they're looking for multiples and then, like you say, adapting the, the budget to where, where, the, where the effect is happening? I think it's uh, an absolute necessity. We're trying to automate it. We're not fully there yet. But in the end, you know, maybe at the end of 2019, what I hope will have trust the system or not trust the system, you'll see a list of recommended influencers. You could either say yes or you could kind of swipe left, swipe left, swipe right. And the system will do the activation <laughs> for you and, and drop out the ones that aren't performing and double down on the ones that are. Is that, is that something that influencers themselves are um, open to? Like if you would approach them at the beginning and say, listen, we're using this tool hyper and uh, we're going to start you at this rate. But as things yeah. increase or as you're effective or not effective, we'll uh, shift that budget. So to put kind of putting in, a little bit of, you know, to put things in perspective about the, the way this industry works about you know, based on our kind of estimations about one tenth of a percent of influencers are rich. I mean, they have become rich from creating content. About 1% um, mm -hmm. make a living, like a respectable. So that leaves 99% of people that have influence online that do not make uh, enough money to even pay their rent. So it's not really about what the, the, the and, and, and really in that group, a lot of them don't make any money at all because the brands don't know about them. So it's less about um, do they uh, agree to it? It's more of a question of if there's a numbers game, like Walmart dominates its suppliers, the big advertisers should be able to, to dominate the influencers and say, look, it, it pays $200 plus X dollars for every sign up. And if you're not interested, we're going to go to somebody else. 
Um, and mm-hmm. what that will allow is the brands to take power over this industry and, and really um, uh, ensure that they get value. And in the long run, it makes it a better industry because uh, the only inf- don't, the influencers that can generate value will float upwards, while the ones that don't will disappear. Can I ask you, Gil, where where is the industry at with disclosure? There's been a lot of talk about um, uh, uh, regulation. And yeah, I mean, from, from a legal perspective, you absolutely have to disclose. The bizarre thing about this is that disclosure really isn't a big problem. One, because the audiences are super sophisticated today. Like nobody thinks Kim Kardashian just ate a piece of chocolate and decided to post about it. Um, she that's worth half a million. Found that actually post um, that or tag post as if they're sponsored, even if they're not. And it shows, and the reason is because what they found is that working influencers, the guys who have campaigns, are more likely to get new campaigns. So influencers are trying to make it look like they have campaigns. Uh, uh, so if everybody, you know, everybody, the common wisdom was influencers are not going to want to disclose their. Um, the, their audience wants them to be authentic. What really happens is that influencers want to disclose and show that their, their audience, that brands appreciate them, and that if you follow them, you'll be exposed to this relationship with those brands. Gil, I, uh, I, I'm, uh, we're out of time, and I really appreciate um, I really appreciate you talking to me today. Any last uh, words of advice for someone entering into the world of influencer marketing? Well, thanks for having me, and uh, you know, really enjoyed the conversation. I think. The- as uh, anybody going into this industry is, you know, how can I bring change to my organization? Most of the organizations today are looking at influencer marketing and knowing that they need to dip their toes in it. Um, traditional digital channels are becoming more expensive and less efficient, but they don't really know um, how to do it. You're a young guy and you're into an organization and you can take ownership of this. You can create a lot more value uh, to the organization than just somebody coming out of college or somebody who, who just fills in a regular role. So kind of be a thought leader and, and study this and, and bring that change into organizations that could really benefit from it. Uh, influencer marketing, when it's done right, is extremely effective. So be the person who's in charge of making sure it's done right. I see you have a lot. I saw you have a lot of great resources on your website. Maybe just to wrap up, could you uh, tell people how to find Hyper and uh, how to get a hold of you? We're at www.hyperbrands.com, no space. And I'm Gil at hyperbrands.com, no E between the P and R. Um, Send me an email or reach out to us through the website. Uh, We'd love to chat with anyone. Awesome. Thank you again very much, Gil. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And that's the show this week. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you again next week. Music from Six Degrees in Calgary. Don't forget, go to iTunes. Give us a rating or a a little bit of feedback.